This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, dear Amelia listeners. We are in Birmingham at Pod UK, the UK's only podcasting fan convention, uh, which takes place once a year. And this year, they've invited us to perform a live show. So you can hear people coming into the auditorium. Anyway, this is our first uh, Pod UK, and we're having an absolutely wonderful time. We've met uh, Amelia listeners from all over the world, from the US, from from all over Europe. And um, we've also met our colleagues from We're Alive and King Falls AM, which has been absolutely wonderful and inspiring. We're being called up. Better go. Please welcome to the stage, The Amelia Project. Hello uh, and welcome to our live show. And in fact, this is not just a live show, this is a live recording. So today we are performing a brand new episode of The Amelia Project, um, which will be coming out on our feed in a few weeks' time. Um, So I think we should probably just make some noise to make sure that uh, the people listening to this in... uh, in Texas and Madrid and Sydney and wherever else uh, in the gym or in their kitchens or on their commute uh, know that this is actually being performed uh, live in front of a wonderful audience. Okay, so if everybody can just, uh, after me, after I count to three, we all just say Coco together at the top of your voice, okay? Are you ready for that? One, two, three. Coco! Amazing, brilliant, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, um, and uh, one, one more thing to say before we start. This uh, episode is dedicated to our wonderful patron, Steve Meehan, who is in the audience here tonight. So a big round of applause for Steve! <laughs> And uh, now, without further ado, it is time for the new... Oh, we've just got some more audience coming. So let's just, let's just wait for everyone to come in. Hello. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> the, the slower you walk, the faster we're going to have to act. So... Uh... Oh, just so kidding. just, just Take for, your the, time. for the new people who've just come in, we've just we, we just because community is very important to us, so we've just done this little thing. Everybody's just got up and briefly talked a little bit about themselves, <laughs> um, like what an, an emotional experience. Um, okay, is everybody? Everybody's here. Cool. I think we should do the cocoa thing again with everybody <laughs> once everybody's in their seats. Oh, more people! Come on in. Welcome. All right. Uh, another warm-up so everybody can be part of that. There's a sailor coming in. 
<laughs> On three. I, I think this time we should say verve clicor, just to kind of up the stakes a little bit. Are you ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Verve clicor. Perfect. Oh, and a Thank shout out to the uh, to the gentleman just up there. That pronunciation was excellent. Mm. Um, okay, so um, yes, without further ado, uh, let's pass it over to our lovely actors, um, Alan Bergen, Emily Stride, Felix Trench, who just got here in the nick of time. Uh, he was in Brussels this morning and uh, on a delayed Eurostar, uh, made it just in time, and Julia Thorne. Uh, hope that you enjoy this brand new episode of The Amelia Project. Congratulations. You've reached the Amelia Project. This phone call isn't happening. If you're not serious about this, hang up. Now. You sure about this? If you hesitated, do not proceed. Still there? If you continue, there's no way back. The choice is yours. Good choice. A new life awaits. You'll hear back from us within the hour. If you do not hear back, please consider the whole thing a hoax. Leave your message after the beep. Amber Ainsworth. Phil Smith. We need your services. Urgently. How quickly can this be done? It's urgent. I already said that. What? I already said it's urgent. I was just emphasizing. I'll handle this, Phil. I was just. You've done enough damage for today. Sorry about that. Um, yes. Uh, we need your services. How quickly can this be done? She's rich. She can pay. Call us. Call us. Smith and Amber Ainsworth. Nice to meet you. Can I offer you some cocoa? Cocoa? Yes, please. Are you sure, Phil? Sorry? It's just uh, you have enough trouble pouring yourself into those jeans as it is. <laughs> Go suck on a kale lollipop, you stick insect. <laughs> Go sizzle in a deep fat fryer, you lard muffin. My, my. Let's keep things civil. Are you sure you won't join us for a cocoa, Amber? It's from Les Dumagots. Is it organic? <laughs> yes, go on. Roll your eyes, Phil. You might just find a brain back there. She's going to ask if she can have it chocolate and dairy-free next. <laughs> can I have it with cream? What? And marshmallows. Cream and marshmallows, certainly. I'll have mine with Smarties. <laughs> Could I get a glazed cherry? Caramel sauce. Maple syrup. Custard! A melted candy cane. Five scoops of butterscotch ice cream. Hmm. Interesting. Salvatore, three cocos with cream, marshmallows, smarties, glazed cherries, caramel sauce, maple syrup, custard, a melted candy cane, and butterscotch ice cream, please. Now, what brings you to Amelia? Go on, Phil. Tell him what you did. What I did? You started it. I started it? 
Yes, you left your phone on. <sighs> what were you doing looking at my... Stop, <laughs> both of you. I've got an idea. How about a minute of silence to clear the air? But we need... Or I can't proceed with this interview. Very well. A minute of silence starting now. What? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> you shh. Uh, we're going to have to start again. Oh, this is silly. You really have to do this. A minute of silence starting now. Sake. Sorry. He provoked me. He was sticking his tongue out at me. Sorry, he provoked me. He was sticking his tongue out at me. Really, Phil, that's a bit childish, even for you. Really, Phil, that's a bit childish, even for you. <sighs> uh. <laughs> Hello, my name is Phil, and I'm a stinking sack of Siberian sheep shit. Oh, for goodness sake. I think you're being clever. You know what? You're, you're about as clever as a kumquat. God, did he just say kumquat? So? Uh, kumquat. Oh, you, you could have said dumber than a box of rocks or uh, dumber than a lobotomised flea, but no, Phil opts for dumber than a kumquat. Tosser. What are you doing? Oh, um, clearing away scissors, staplers and letter openers. <laughs> I'm fond of this rug and I don't want any blood stains. Now, we're going to start this session again. What do you mean? You're going to leave my office. But we've only just come You're in. going to leave my office and go back to the waiting room. I'm going to light a scented candle and put on a soothing tape of water and birdsong. When I'm ready, you come back. I'll offer you some cocoa and you'll accept. You'll drink the cocoa. Let it rinse the bitterness out of you and we'll continue this interview in an orderly fashion. Now, out you hop. Well, can't we just stop? Out! You can come back in. Oh, it's you. Why are you turning your office into a spa? I'm creating a soothing environment for my clients. Well, switch it off. What can I do for you, Alvina? Oh, I just wanted to ask why there's a man and a woman in our waiting room hitting each other with sofa cushions. As long as it's just cushions. Uh, they're really going for it, though. I've got it under control. You sure? Alvina, I've dealt with mad mimes and mafia bosses. I'd send in Joey and Salvatore, but they're unloading replacement corpses from the van. Kozlowski needs to start working on the ferns for disappearance right away. I'll be fine, Alvina. You can tell Phil and Amber they can come back in. Okie dokie. See you tonight. Tonight? Yes. Scrabble. Oh. What? It, you know what day it is, right? Friday. Scrabble Day. The 14th of February. Um, okay. Valentine's Day. Oh, you've got 
<clears throat> plans? Well, you know that demolition expert who helped us out with the Bert Whistler's appearance? No. Oh, of course you do. Tall guy, blonde, curly hair, brown eyes, light beard. All right, all right. <clears throat> well, he gave me his number. And... Alvina, I'm very busy. I'm in the middle of an interview. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I brought you a thermos of cocoa. I thought since Salvatore is busy with the corpses, you might need some... Put it on my desk and tell Phil and Amber to come in. I haven't got all day. Okay. Good luck. Happy place, happy place, happy place. <laughs> Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Try not to cry. Relax, relax, relax. Okay. <clears throat> Come in! She almost smothered me with a cushion. He almost poked my eye out. Shh! Listen to the birds. Listen to the water and inhale the scent of blood orange and teakwood. Phil Smith and Amber Ainsworth. Nice to meet you. Can I offer you some cocoa? Say yes. Uh, uh, yes, please. Here you go. Now, let's all sip together, shall we? Uh, how can you hold a grudge in a world in which this cocoa exists? Now, tell me what brings you to Amelia. We're getting married. <laughs> You're joking. I wish. The wedding's in six hours. Six hours? You've got to get us out of this. I can't spend the rest of my life with that infantile imbecile. I'd rather eat slugs from a toilet bowl than get married to that stuck-up snob. Then don't get married. We have to. What? Oh, I see. This is your parents' idea. Oh, don't be ridiculous. My parents know a repulsive, moronic, moneyless, mush-brained loser when they see one. They hate him more than I do. I don't think that's possible. I should have listened to them, but I was stubborn. Mum and Dad hate a scene, so they just grit their teeth and made their peace with it. You insisted on marrying Phil? What can I say? I made a mistake. Well, from what I can tell, it sounds like your parents will be thrilled if you call it off. Not now they won't. They've organised a proper Ainsworth wedding. Kew Gardens, Verve Clicquot, Valentino wedding dress. Guests flying in from all over the world as we speak. My dad has sunk a fortune into this wedding. And he hates a scene, you said? If I send all those guests packing, he'd die of shame. I can't do that to him. What if it's Phil's fault? He leaves you at the altar, your parents get to have their initial grudge confirmed, and at least it's not you causing the embarrassment. What? I can't do that! Why not? I'm marrying an Ainsworth! Do you know how happy this makes my family? This is the proudest day of their lives. Phil's family think they've hit the jackpot. Greedy vultures. Says the pampered snob. Your family's like a cactus. Everyone in it is a prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. Bravo, Phil. Oh, no, no, I mean it. That was a lot better than the kumquat. Let's all calm down and have another sip of cocoa. Shall I put the birdsong back on? No. no. So, let's recap. Cancelling the wedding isn't an option. No. No. Hmm. Neither, I assume, is patching things up. <laughs> Patch things up with Phil. Never. 
Not now I know the raging psychopath beneath. No way, I'm getting married to a murderer. A murderer? She tried to kill Pancake. Pancake? It's just a guinea pig. I need you to tell me what happened from the beginning. Tell me your story. No time for stories. You just need to make us disappear before the wedding. There's always time for a story, and I won't take on your case without it. Very well. I was in the shower. I was in the kitchen making beetroot brownies. Why the devil would you put beetroot in brownies? I know, right? But it's the only way Amber eats them. I was trying to do something nice for her. Okay, continue. Amber had left her phone next to the KitchenAid. And Phil snooped on my text messages. I did not! A message appeared on the home screen while I was pouring rice milk into the mixing bowl. It was right there in front of me. Couldn't miss it. A text from my best mate, Sean. What did the message say? Text me when he's gone. Oh. What did you do? I texted back. All clear. And waited at the door, armed with a hardback edition of The Joy of Cooking. <laughs> I come out of the shower and find the living room trashed. Broken plates and glasses everywhere, shattered windows, smashed TV. And in the middle of it all, Sean bleeding into the carpet. Well, I'll be an alligator's aunt. I try and arrange a surprise bachelor's party, and that paranoid lunatic goes on a rampage. Wait, you weren't having an affair? Of course not. Oh. But that's not the end of it. What happened next? Oh, I get a text from Phil... He's driven off with all my clothes stuffed into bin liners. Sends me a picture of himself standing at the dumpster behind Tesco about to chuck my entire wardrobe. <laughs> what did you do? I texted back. You do that, and I kill Pancake. That was cruel. No need to drag Pancake into this. What kind of sad 30-year-old still has a guinea pig anyway? What decent human being compares a pile of Chanel clothes <gasps> to a life? Not just Chanel. Westwood, Dior, Gautier. See what a callous monster I'm up against? Come on. I didn't actually kill Pancake. She texted me a picture of herself standing over Pancake with a kitchen knife. <gasps> I logged on to Facebook, posted the picture and tagged Amber. Everybody saw that. That was the point. My friends. Your former friends. My colleagues. My boss. Serves you right for killing... Didn't kill. For threatening Pancake. Threatening Pancake was the only way I could force him to come back. Did he? What? Come back. Of course. Oh. I needed to rescue Pancake. <laughs> Speed home, run into the living room <coughs> and find Amber making out with Sean. Ever heard of mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation? I was trying to save your friend. Oh, it looked like uh... Now, I thought... Ah, you thought. That's what got us into this whole mess. That paranoid, pea-sized brain of yours. You hear it? Rattling around in there like a marble in a Tupperware box. And all because I was trying to throw you a surprise party. I didn't want a bachelor party. Well, who doesn't like parties? I was trying to be nice. It's not too late, you know. Too late for what? To be nice. To say sorry. To reconcile. Ha! That ship has sailed. Phil has exposed himself as the boneheaded brute he really is. I'll always see Amber as a swivel-eyed maniac now. I'm quoting one of her Facebook friends. <laughs> 
Go shove a cactus up your ass. Go snog a gorilla. Go shag a jellyfish. Stop, stop. I'm going to help you. You are? Yes. I owe it to world peace. The wedding is in six hours. Yes. My appointment with the hairdresser is in 20 minutes. We're going to need more time. Impossible. Do you think you could pretend to be in love? At least until the reception at Kew Gardens? What? That's after church. That would mean... That would mean actually getting married. Only for a few hours. Uh, I don't think I can watch Phil putting a ring on my finger without retching. I think I might snap Amber's finger off. <laughs> we were hoping you could fake our death here and now. Yes, something quick and simple. Faking death is an art. It has to be done properly. It mustn't raise suspicion. Your argument has been very public and a mysterious disappearance before the wedding would spark rumours. It's essential the wedding goes ahead as planned. Everybody will think you've made up. Then you'll die in front of your wedding guests. With so many witnesses, there will be no doubt it was real. You want to kill us in front of the guests? Absolutely. How will it work? While you're at the church, we'll pose as wedding planners, go to Kew Gardens and set up a nice, shiny dance floor. You want us to wait until the dance? Oh, that, that means we'll have to endure the meal, mm -hmm. the speeches, mm -hmm. the sketches. I can't bear to hear Sean's best man speech. Not after all this. Your parents have spent a bomb on this wedding, and guests have come from all over the world. You don't want to send them packing without so much as a canopy. That would be rude. The food needn't go to waste. They can reuse it for our funeral. Oh, Phil is so cheap. Amber uses banknotes instead of loo roll. <laughs> I'm not letting your guests watch you die on an empty stomach. At Amelia, we have standards. You are cruel. I'm your escape route. What happens after the guests have wined and dined? After the meal, everyone goes out into the gardens for the first dance. Joey and Salvatore are passionate crooners and will give a rousing rendition of Al Green's Love and Happiness. You'll take to the shiny metal dance floor. The Chinese lanterns hanging above will reflect beautifully on it. It's going to be magical. Mm, we don't give a rat's shit about the atmosphere. All we want is to never see each other again. The guests will gather round the dance floor admiring you. We'll have electric stand heaters. Stop worrying about the guests. Most of them are a bunch of insufferable toffs. As the song reaches its climax, one of the electric stand heaters tips over and crashes onto the metal dance floor. There's a crackle of electricity, a shower of sparks, and you'll be electrocuted in mid-dance. Wow. Wow. Mm. Won't that kill us for real? <laughs> we'll fit you out with rubber shoes. You'll be fine. The Amelia van, made up to look like an ambulance, will be parked just around the corner to whisk you off to your new life. Perfect. How would you like to resurface? Oh, I just want to get as far away from Amber as humanly possible. I don't want to risk seeing Phil ever again. Hmm. In that case, we'll make you resurface in remote places at opposite ends of the globe. How about Tasmania and Nova Scotia? It's a deal. Not until we've discussed payment, it's not. Oh, uh, I have a trust fund. But I was thinking of withdrawing most of that for my new life. You mentioned champagne? Sorry? For the wedding. Champagne? Oh, oh yeah. A Verve Clicquot. Crates of the stuff. Say no more. You owe me ten crates. We're running out. In fact, I believe this is our last bottle. Shall we crack it open? As long as I don't have to toast with her. You're going to have to enjoy plenty of toasts today. Might as well get some practice. I suppose. Would you mind opening this? Suddenly. Stop pointing it at me, you loon! Damn. Missed. 
freak. I propose a toast to everlasting love. To, to everlasting, everlasting love. love. supposed to be with... What are you eating? Leftover canapes from the Ainsworth wedding. Uh, these pea and prawn crostinis really are quite something. It smells funny in here. It's the candle. Why have you still got that thing on? I like it. Blood orange and teak wood. Hmm. Mind if I help myself to one of those? A guacamole cone? Yep. Go for it. Thanks. I'm famished. Alvina... I thought... He didn't turn up. Oh. I'm... I'm sorry. Waited at the table for over an hour. Then I left. Ah. No dinner then? Nope. Had a few whiskeys though. Well, there's enough here for two. The mini lamb kebab skewers are rather nice. Mm. And the smoked salmon cottage cheese and rocket rolls are exquisite. Oh, you must try the courgette curls too. And you'll love the cheese and chutney scones. Ooh. A word of warning about the chili filly potato cakes though. Mm. They're hot. Okay, I'll start with that. What's that? Stilton and asparagus rabbit bites. Ooh, yum. I can't wait to move on to the chocolate and cranberry cheesecake shots for dessert. Ooh, and I've got just the thing to go with it. What's that then? They paid us in Vouve Clicquot. <laughs> Maybe being stood up wasn't so bad after all. Let's tuck in. <laughs> I've just thought of something. Hmm? What's that? <laughs> it's my five-year anniversary. Sorry? It's exactly five years since I disappeared and started my new life here. The 14th of February, 2012. 2012. Gosh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that was a stormy day too. Oh, yes. Uh, Amelia had difficulty getting to my island. I remember. It doesn't take much to shock Amelia, but she almost turned back. <laughs> you know, maybe that demolition fellow had a lucky escape. Oh, what do you mean? Well, the men you date do have a tendency of ending up <coughs> dead. Oh, please, that was five years ago. I love that story. Will you tell it to me again? This isn't the moment. Isn't the moment? We We've got candles, we've got champagne, we've got mushroom blinis. What better moment? Not now. There's always time for a story, Alvina. Well, this story is going to have to wait for another time. Right now, I have to concentrate on these crab parcels. If you want some, you'd better hurry before I polish them all off. Oh, very well. Scrabble. Scrabble. This episode featured Alan Bergen as the interviewer, Julia C. Thorne as Alvina, Felix Trench as Phil, 
Emily Stride as Amber, and Julia Morizawa on the answer phone. The episode was written by Philip Thorne, it was directed by Einstein Brager and Philip Thorne, with music and sound design by Frederick Barden, and graphics by Anders Pedersen. Thanks to Andy Goddard for recording assistance, and thanks to our super patrons, Sophia Anderson, Steve Meehan, and Katie Zindela. And finally, thanks to Pod UK for inviting us to perform here at Millennium Point in Birmingham. There we go. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope it made you feel a little bit like you were there. Uh, if you'd like to see us live, you can check out our website, ameliapodcast.com, where we will post any future performance dates. We're working hard on season three, and if you want to get updates on how that's progressing and also see photos from the Pod UK show, you can follow us on Twitter at Amelia underscore podcast. And if you want to help us keep making the show, you can become a patron. Even a contribution of just one or two dollars per episode really helps. Think of it like buying us a pack of Maltesers every time we release an episode. Or a cup of cocoa. Or if your budget stretches that far, a glass of Verve Clicquot. Whatever you can afford and whatever makes sense to you. Head over to patreon.com slash ameliapodcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Amelia podcast to make your pledge and I will send you a personal video thank you message within a week of your signing up. You would be making us so happy. Bye for now and until the next time. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Cam Kander? Yeah, that was a strange thing. A prolific creator who disappeared suddenly in 2020. Eccentric, weird, inscrutable. Cam Cantor was like a 21st century Howard Hughes. Nothing is known. Cam Cantor, man, woman, non-binary person, no idea. Cam Cantor, an enigma, a cipher, a mystery. Was Cantor a genius or insane? Is there a difference? And one day, Cam Kander vanished into thin air. Off the map, off the radar. Like Amelia Earhart. From me, BK Will, in conjunction with Trojan Cat Media, a division of Corp. Leave me alone. I don't have anything to say about Cam Kander. Comes a shocking six-part documentary series. Cam Kander is a Rorschach test. It's a MacGuffin stuffed inside a red herring shoved down a rabbit hole that leads to a blind alley. Cam Cantor is out there, waiting to make their glorious return. Like a cult leader? No, like a messiah. Discover Who is Cam Cantor, a new investigative podcast coming Wednesday, September 1st, wherever you listen to podcasts.